First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. The sermon title today is Meet the New Boss, Same as the Old Boss. Some of you may be thinking, just who does this new guy think he is? So I hasten to clarify, I am not the boss. But let me also clarify, you aren't either. So who's the boss? Who or what is the ultimate authority around here? In the traditional Christian churches, they had an answer to that question. They'd say, God. And whether such an entity be imaginary or not, this has at least the salutary effect of directing the congregation's allegiance to something worthier or imagined as worthier than ego, whether individual ego or collective ego. And it can be helpful to imagine. For Unitarian Universalists, however, the ultimate authority, that to which our allegiance is directed, worthier even than the goodness of community and togetherness, is our mission. At this church, it's grow ethically and spiritually, serve justly and love radically. That's the boss. That's the sheriff in these parts. So when I say new boss, same as the old boss, it is literally the same. The mission is exactly the same as it was last year and the year before that. Not a word is changed. And when I say meet the new boss, I mean that as our church year begins, let us begin it by reintroducing, by reacquainting ourselves with this boss whom we are here to serve. And though the same as it has been, let it be for us new. Let it be freshly compelling. Let it be rejuvenated, sparkling and shining as washed by the waters of our coming together. At the year's beginning, let us take stock. How are we doing? It's our covenant, our promise, our mission, our vow to grow ethically and spiritually, to serve justly, to love radically. Have we been have we been growing ethically, growing spiritually, serving justly, loving radically? However well or poorly you would say we have been fulfilling our mission, the question before us today, as it is every day, is how shall we fulfill it now? What shall we do this day, this week, this year to grow ethically, grow spiritually, serve justly, love radically? What is the work that your spirit longs to take up, to grow, to serve, to love? What spiritual muscle-toning exercises do you need? This church is your spiritual gym for doing those exercises, for strengthening the meaning, purpose, and wholeness of your life. My colleague, the Reverend Victoria Weinstein, has written, If I go to the gym and people are sprawled out napping on the floor of the aerobics studio, I will think the gym management is not just remiss, but nuts. And it's no different in church. We're all here for heart strengthening of a different kind. Leaders should be empowered to be able to say, get off the aerobics floor, please. You can nap at home. 
This isn't about not loving people. It's about being clear about what congregational life is for. Napping on the floor of the aerobic studio is not part of our mission, so we will not be addressing your complaints about the pillows. (laughs) As we gather for the 2023-24 year ahead, we come together to do this work of growing, serving, and loving. We're here to serve the mission, which includes serving others. You're not here to serve me, and I'm not here to serve you, except insofar as doing so serves the mission. And I want to urge you to keep in mind that actually your staff is not here to serve you either, nor is your board. When it comes to our board, yes, your votes elected them, but you elected them to serve the mission, not you. And when it comes to the staff, yes, your contributions provide their wages, but please understand that you are paying them, too, to serve the mission, not you. And so, as Reverend Weinstein put it, we won't be addressing complaints about the pillows or anything else that isn't about this church growing, serving, and loving. Eyes on the prize, good people. Eyes on the prize. It's a tall order, but that is the mission we shoulder, nothing less. To say that a church is a spiritual gym, however, is not to forget that the church is also a spiritual infirmary. There are times in life when we come to church sick at heart, soul-weary, broken-spirited. And before we can think about the exercises and disciplines that cultivate and strengthen our wisdom, compassion, and equanimity, we just need to be cared for. We need replenishing rest and the company of caring companions. We need salve for our woundedness, for indeed salve is the root of salvation, which our religious forebears were particularly concerned with. Yes, the church has that pastoral function in addition to its prophetic task to serve justice. So the church's role, as the saying goes, is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. This is not a matter of dividing people into two groups, as if the usher at the door of this auditorium sanctuary were to ask as you came in, are you feeling more comfortable or more afflicted this morning? (laughs) Comfortable on the right, afflicted on the left. Our morning service could then direct toward the afflicted side what balm of Gilead we have, empathy and sympathy for your troubles, assurances of our help and our loving presence. And then when we talk about the injustices of the world, the needs of the poor, the exploited, the downtrodden, the excluded, we'll be looking at you, comfortable side. The gist of the message to one side would be, oh, you poor baby, and to the other side would be, get off your butt. (laughs) But it doesn't work like that. The truth is, every one of us is simultaneously afflicted with burdens while also comfortably complacent. And the messages of your comfortability, the messages for your comfortability, are the same messages as those for your affliction. Number one, this too shall pass. Grief and loss comes for all of us, and so does healing and wholeness. Whatever is comfortable in your life will pass, as will whatever afflicts. Number two, service to others 
according to whatever capacity we have, is the remedy either way. Compassionate service lifts us out of complacency and equally well lifts us out of despair. And a third message that Sunday services in this space will sometimes emphasize is life and the world are beautiful, fundamentally mysterious, transcendent. If we pay attention, they will evoke deep wonder and awe. Awe is not comfortable. It pulls us from the narrowness of complacency, while it also eases our grief and fills us with the vastness that makes our sadness small. In all of these ways, comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable turn out to be the same thing. So each one of us needs the gym and the infirmary at the same time. What would that be like? Well, it would be kind of like physical therapy, wouldn't it? Physical therapy is equal parts care for your wound and pushing you to do the exercises anyway because that's how you strengthen and heal. By analogy, we are in the spiritual therapy business, pushing your spirit to stretch and strengthen because this is how you heal from the wounds and the grief that your spirit bears and how you help heal our world. So there are two things to notice to simultaneously bear in mind about this mission of ours. One is we are doing it. We are carrying out this mission. We do grow and are growing. We do serve and are serving, and we do love and are loving. I haven't been here long, but I've noticed that about you all. The mission is simply descriptive of what goes on here. And simultaneously, we notice that we haven't yet grown, served, and loved in all the ways that we are coming to be able to. The mission calls us forward to ever newer heights. It's not merely descriptive, but also prescriptive. We celebrate what we are and what we yet may be. We celebrate both our being and our becoming. Let me say a little bit about each of these three. Grow ethically and spiritually. Notice it says and, not or. Our mission is both to grow ethically and to grow spiritually. Grow ethically, that is, develop clarity about the principles you live by, clarity in our understanding of what it means to be a good person. Growing ethically involves deepening integrity and cultivating virtues. The classic list of virtues is Aristotle's 12. Courage, temperance, liberality, magnificence, magnanimity, patience, truthfulness, good humor, friendliness, shame, justice, and prudence. Each of those needs some unpacking, and today I'm just throwing out those names. But cultivating virtues is growing ethically. Grow spiritually. Here the emphasis is on meaning and belonging. Big picture meaning. What does life, your life, mean? And whatever words you might come up with to answer that question, the crux of the matter is whether those words feel sufficient and satisfactory. Because the words I use as reminders to evoke my sense of meaning and belonging might not feel sufficient and satisfactory to anyone else. Oh, so the words are only tags for meaning and belonging of your life, a meaning that's beyond all language. The fundamental spiritual malady is the condition of feeling that it's all meaningless. 
And while growing ethically entails cultivating the virtues, growing spiritually entails too that Aristotle didn't mention equanimity, an inner peace even in the midst of turmoil, and compassion, a readiness, presence to suffering. Those are what we may call the spiritual virtues, equanimity and compassion. This year, in the service of our mission to grow ethically and spiritually, we are launching connection circles. Many of you have signed up for them already. In a small group, you'll have a chance to explore some of the key themes for growing our ethical and spiritual understanding, significant issues on which religions at their best have always guided people to greater insight, issues such as this year's monthly themes, covenant, Justice, interdependence, transformation, pluralism, equity, generosity, love, courage, hope. Our connection circles are for exploring together and spiritually growing and deepening each in our own way. They meet once a month, September through June. You won't want to miss a single one. However, even if you miss most of your group's meetings, you'll still find it valuable to attend occasionally. Signing up doesn't commit you to attend. We just need to know which group you'll go to when you do have a chance to go. I've been so impressed to experience the wisdom and the connection, the love and the laughter and the insight that Unitarian Universalists can offer each other when we give ourselves permission and the structure for doing that. We have a whole lot more we can learn from each other than anything that weekly sermons alone can convey. So I'm asking every member to sign up for a connection circle. You can sign up online if you haven't. And when you've signed the membership book, you committed yourself to this church's mission. You committed to growing ethically and spiritually and helping others grow. Our connection circles are vital ways to do that. Friends and visitors are also welcome to sign up. The second prong of this church's mission, our mission, our mission is to serve justly. And here I draw your attention to our social justice work. We have a number of faith in action options. Free store and the Iowa Transmutual Aid Fund, as you've heard from today, are the special focus this year. And we also do Compassion Circles, Green Sanctuary, Family Promise was the spotlight earlier, Immigration Justice, Legislative Action, LGBTQ Justice. Serve justly. That's our commitment as the people of First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. It's what we're here for, to serve justice through taking part of your social justice, your church's social justice work. And the third part, love radically. Love radically, all the way to the root. And being radical requires being unconditional. Loving, radical, loving radically is unconditional solidarity with all people, all animals, all life, Indeed, even with non-life, rocks and rivers, air and sky, sun, moon, and stars. For this one, I don't have particular church programs to point you to. Rather, radical love is the spirit to bring to everything you do through the church and through your life. The world needs our Unitarian Universalist voice at the table. It needs our caring hands reaching out in compassion. So let us be this day in gathered for a new year stretches before us. Let us flow together and roll on together as a mighty river. And in the words of the prophet Amos, 
Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Amen.